0: This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to Jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today.
1: Welcome to The Reel Down on Paddling Fent with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything tournament fishing. Here we go.
2: Chug
1: is chug, 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 All right, everybody. Welcome back to The Reel Down on Paddling Fin. We'll give it a mat here for everybody to log in, as usual. Thank you for, for watching, listening, everything that you do. And we have some great guests on tonight. How, how you doing, Jimmy?
0: Doing good, man. Had a, had a long weekend. What about you?
1: It was good. I did yard work today. I hate yard work. Like I said, whenever I was a kid, you know, because I kind of, we had like an acre, a couple acres, something like that. And like I told my parents, I wanted nothing but concrete whenever I grew up. So I'd never have to mow anything. And I don't have a real big yard, but it's like fancy with a bunch of plants. And, you know, like you you really have to edge and weedy. So it's like real tedious. It's not like one square, easy
0: square or something. So it sucks, but, you know, it is what it, I have no excuses and I just don't do mine. <laughs> I used to be really good, but now lately I just don't care. We we live in a neighborhood like if you don't, then they they will definitely put a letter in your mailbox. We could never live in an HOA neighborhood because we would get kicked out. Because I don't care. Yeah,
1: well they I like they can
0: try they can have
1: somebody do it. If you don't if they give you a letter and then like a second one and you don't do something, they're going to pay somebody to do it and then you're going to have to pay.
0: It's almost worth it.
1: Yeah, Yeah,
0: like the next kid that comes by and asks. Yes, I will pay you. Take care of it.
1: I had some little girl, like, paint my mailbox. They they did a thing on our, our group page on Facebook. Oh, I they thought you meant, like, vandalism. like no, just running. no. no. <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, because it needed to be painted. It had been a few years, I guess, before we lived here. And they were like, oh, we're painting mailboxes. We do it every year during summer. And look out there. And it's like some 10-year-old girl. <laughs> I felt bad, like child labor or something. Like, <laughs> like, you are too young to be painting my mailbox, but... It, it was cool. All right. So here we go. Without further ado, uh, tonight we're talking Hobie BOS. Uh, had the big event in La Crosse, Wisconsin. It was uh, oh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So I spent so Spotted Cow. So I, I think it was like a, maybe the fourth stop of the year. I'm not sure because they canceled Erie. So but yeah, here we go. Without further ado, we have Alex Steffen, Zach Humphreys, and Russ Snyder's. Well, really, we have a popcorn ceiling, but we will have Snyder's. The ceiling, formerly known as Snyder's.
0: Very nice. Like the texture. Doing great. How y'all doing, guys?
1: Pretty good. How are you? Good. You? Good. Well, thank y'all for being on the show. Well, thanks for having us.
0: Thanks
1: for asking me to agree on it, man. (laughs) (laughs) So we had a, so Russ got first. Alex got second, and Zach, you, you got third, but we're, we're really fortunate to have all three all on talk about it. So uh, fr- so first, we'll start off, Alex, we'll start with you kind of going in rotation here. Uh, tell us who you are, you know, a little bit about your personal life
3: and how you got into kayak fishing. Uh, I'm Alex Steffen. Um, I pretty much hunt and fish as much as I can, probably more than my wife wants me to, honestly. But uh, uh, I got into kayak fishing um, mainly through a really good friend of mine, TJ. Nope, we lost you there. All uh, right. He had signed up for the uh, IKA there and uh, basically our Iowa Kayak Anglers group. And he said, he told me I was actually fishing. I had a basketball at that time. And he told me if I wanted to join in with him, he had an extra kayak. I can get into it. So I started fishing with him for a while, got into the kayak anglers and started meeting all the different people and we joined the uh, MKFS when that was still around, kind of missed that a lot. actually, But uh, joined in on that and had a really big tournament up on uh, uh, Mille Lacs. And that's what kind of really sealed the deal for me to fish that, start fishing kayaks. And actually a week after that, I won that tournament up there and I bought my Hobie. and that's that it Right now, he's on
1: the lax, right?
4: Yeah, we just got up here. uh Christine, AJ, Guillermo, Matt, Scotch, and Adam Reiser. Just, All the uh, cool nice. the beers. Yeah, this should be a good time. Good crowd to be hanging with.
1: Yeah, I Thank know you. Catherine Field, She was up there not too long ago. So
4: yeah, Christine was saying she got a, a big one. It's up shallow on a on a chatterbait actually, which isn't what you nice. think to, to throw when you're going up to a lake like this for smallmouth, but right uh, yeah you can do that shallow fishing too I've, I've never been here so i'm i'm excited to check it out
3: dude that's all, right. all i did when I'm i was up there. Up. i wanted to fish the pencil reeds <laughs> the pencil reeds yeah there's there's all the re- all, basically all around the bank there's just reeds that grow i call them, i call them pencil reeds i don't know what they're actually called you know huh. but they're basically just thin reeds that grow and they're like they're green or gray whatever you want to call them like i call them pencil reeds i was trying to fish those left and right running jigs through them
4: Nice. I prefer to, yeah, I power fish up shallow.
3: Right, um, that's my to, thing too.
4: It'd probably be good for me to to get out there and start using my graph. I haven't had to do that in a in a while. I've, of all the tournaments I've been doing, it's all been shallow power fishing. So it'd be good to get out there and hopefully catch my PV small. I've never got one over six pounds, so.
0: Yeah, dude, you'll I'll definitely have, have a chance one. there. Well, that'll be a heck of a feat right there. So yeah, let us know. All
1: right, so, so Zach, if uh, tell us all about yourself, who you are, and how you got into kayak fishing,
5: man. I'm Zach Humphries. I'm right here in central Wisconsin. You know, close to the Mississippi, but I've never fished it. But right here in central Wisconsin, we got rivers and flowages around here like crazy. So, you know, I'm I'm used to fishing that kind of water and um, getting into kayak fishing. I don't really remember quite how I got into it. Just a couple buddies were doing it, and I've been doing it for the past been fishing from a kayak for the past four. Five years, four years, I believe now, but um just started really getting into the tournament scene this year. So I've done a couple of the little local ones and stuff like that, just to get my feet wet. And this was my first, my first big event for the Hobie Boss, and it, it was a, it was a great, great time, that's for sure.
0: Wow, first big event! I mean, you definitely started the national trail with a solid yeah. hit. So, yeah. congrats on that. Yeah, that
5: yeah, was a fun place. So.
1: And Russ, you've been on the show not too long ago, but if, if somebody yeah. somehow didn't know who you are, tell us who you are, man.
4: Uh, Russ Snyder's uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, yeah, I've been kayak fishing three and a half, four years now. Um, yeah, originally from California, I was out in Tennessee about eight years or so.
1: And what what kind of boats are all y'all in? You, you said Alex, you're in a Hobie? You hear me, all right? Did I, uh, Alex? What 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 kind of boat are you in, man?
3: Yeah, hey, I can't hear you, Daniel.
5: I can hear you. Can you? Okay. How about you, Zach? Uh, I'm in I'm in a Jackson Kusa uh, FD, and I, I love it. i I've been really my you know my big purchase up to up to a pedal drive. I was in a little big, uh, build and stream shadow caster. You guys hear me? I can Yeah. Paddling that thing oh, around yeah. was. Top. I can't hear so anything that's going on. To get, the, to get into a pedal drive ball is really 50 50 on the uh, Jackson, Kusa, and uh, Holby, But for my style of pitching, I think uh, the Jackson was definitely the best way to go for me. And I, I love that kayak. So definitely, definitely happy with it.
1: Cool. Can you hear us now, Alex? Well, here, leave the room and then come back. Well, you can't hear it, so I'm, I'm trying sign language here. All right, go, and then come back. All
4: right. <laughs> hey, uh, we'll,
1: we'll, we'll get them back here in a second. How about you, Russ? I know you had a wildy and a native. What, which one are you in now?
4: I uh, still got both of them with me. Um, yeah, for this last tournament, I used the uh, used the wildy. Uh, I had the native ready just in case. If it was windy or if I was fishing around around a lot of current, I uh, had that one as an option uh, I'm on a big road trip now for a couple of months. I'm going to be working my way out west uh, for a few tournaments and probably on the way back hitting the uh, Arkansas. Uh, what's that lake? Uh, Dartnell. Yep. Dartnell. So, yeah, I've, I've got both kayaks along with me. And, uh, yeah, if I have to cover some ground or, you know, where I'm only in the Hobie events, anyways, and I'll plan on using the native, otherwise, uh, yeah, using the Wildy, Attack 120.
0: I'm letting Alex know he can just do the audio. So are you hitting the, uh, you said you're going out west. Are you Are going to go all the way out to uh, California, hit the clear lake? Again? Yeah, I'm going to Del- go out
4: there on a, about a two-month uh, road trip. Uh, came, you obviously fished a the tournament there in Wisconsin. Uh, then I had a couple weeks to kill. i got a bunch of family that looks like they're going to be moving around Coeur uh, d'Alene, Idaho, just outside of Spokane. Uh, my sister and my st- uh, brother-in-law and my dad and stepmom are all kind of looking, checking the place out. And they're going to be out there in a couple weeks. Uh, so I thought it would be good opportunities for, since I was up kind of halfway there anyways, I'm going to meet them over there. And then after that, I'm going to be back in California for the month of August and uh, fish as many tournaments as I can out there. And probably hit uh Dardanelle on my way back home to Tennessee. I know. what. Well, yeah. Co- Coeur up there that's on my, on my bucket list like I've seen it
1: with Palahniuk and some other times you know just on different videos and shows and stuff like that that is a beautiful place
4: it looks it looks amazing I've never been out to that part of the country at all my sister lives in uh outside of Seattle a little ways and they're they're trying to get out of there and uh so my parents live in the Bay Area and they're also trying to get out so that you know Coeur looks like a you know Great place to be. Uh, beautiful, you know, beautiful scenery and some some really good fishing. Some big smallmouth and some good largemouth out here too. So I've never been there. I'm gonna get there probably a couple of days. Well, I, I see them. I won't be able to fish. So I'll, I'll be. Uh, so I got a couple of weeks to kill. So I'm gonna do this trip here in Minnesota and Lacs, I'll Probably spend some time doing a little fly fishing in Montana and then probably <clears throat> fish borderline for a couple of days. Maybe. I,
1: I I think it was actually like a striking show with Shaw Grigsby. Fishing frogs, which I mean, you wouldn't think that up in, up in Idaho, but and you, you never know. They might it might have just been the new frog that came out, so they were I trying to it up A
4: grass and oh, really? looks like it. Yeah, I've I've never been there. I've seen some pictures. Looks like it's a good large, solid largemouth lake too. A lot of grass and stuff there.
1: So cool. And Alex, we oh, we never got to ask you, man. What what kind of boat are you in? Oh, the Hobie. I'm right? in a
3: Hobie PA fourteen. The fourteen.
1: Uh, the cool 360
3: or uh, the regular one? No, no, I've got one of the originals with just a regular drive, no 180.
2: <clears throat> oh, yeah. So he's.
3: I need to. He... I need to get a 180 drive, honestly.
0: <laughs> so something I don't know about those the non 180. Do you have to like pick it up and flip it to go backwards, or do you just not go backwards? Period.
3: I just don't go backwards. I go backwards with the paddle. <laughs>
0: okay. I've always so... wondered that on older Hobie drives. I've never. Never been in one of the older ones, so I have no idea. I was, just, that's
2: yeah.
1: Interesting. I mean, after that and that that's just a testament to, you know, like you don't you don't necessarily have to have the newest, coolest, best thing to to compete in a tournament. I mean, some some tournaments here have been won with just a paddle, and some like you were just saying, the old school OG Hobie drive. So I mean, you don't have to have the Torquedo or I mean, I know you can't have a motor and Hobie, but you don't have to have all the nicest stuff to go out and compete. All the time,
0: highest yeah. nice level. Well, let's get into the to the tournament itself. You know, uh, everybody knows. Well, if you don't, the Hobie events are two days. Um, so uh, Russ was in first on day one with uh, eighty-seven three-quarter. Uh, Alex, you were in back in twentieth on day one with eighty and a half. Yeah, so, big comeback. Uh, big comeback. Uh, Zach, you were in fifth with eighty-five. So you had a strong day both days uh so before we get into the day two numbers if one of y'all wants to start off and just you know talk about day one
5: for me uh day day one was almost pure luck it was, it was crazy i was going out i got a pre-fish a little bit on friday and i went out there and i you know was able to get five fish so that was my plan i was going to go back to the spot and just sit there all day and try to get, try to get five fish but um saturday morning we had a little bit of a rainstorm come in and there was some lightning so i kind of went up by a shore bank. And there happened to be a tree, tree in the main channel in a sandy spot. And uh, I was able to pluck almost 20 to 30 fish off that one tree, and that just changed my whole thing. So my whole setups on my rod, everything changed from that moment. And the rest of the tournament stuck like that. And I caught, you know, 20, 30 fish off that one tree, but that was only from like, when the sun came up, say about 6.30, to 10 30 after that it shut off so i had to had to get that and really when i saw i was in third place after 11 p- a.m i wasn't able to get another fish to upgrade so i was very surprised that that held that third place uh position was able to hold because it's just i could and not get another fish i was gonna
2: say both you get days it. for me
4: 11 o'clock
5: after 11 o'clock just shut
4: yep. off.
5: It just shut off and i was on so the, the main channel. channel, so i had boats everywhere i was in weight three foot wake. Just it was, it was pretty crazy and almost unfishable. So I had to get Seen those it? fish real quick and try to upgrade as best as I can and hope for the best.
3: Turned out good though. I'm happy with for it. For me, it was the complete opposite for them. I mean, my my three biggest fish came between what 12:20 and 12:45. <laughs>
2: at factormeals.com/waypointpod50 to get 50% off.
3: And they were all on a king daddy's bro. Okay. So it, it
1: seems like in this tournament with the weights being so close together, it's a good fishery with a lot of fish. Like how what was it specifically going after those bigger fish or or what after practice what was your your idea of what we, what you were going to do day 1 to kind of you know, to do well. What, what was your
3: game I mean, going in? For me, I had I had a completely different game plan than what I finished with. Um, I found a spot. I found an underwater tree and, and low, moving, low moving current. And I was going to sit there for, I don't know, four hours and pull fish off it left and right. I mean, I pulled three fish off it during practice on Thursday. I mean, bang, bang, bang. And then I was sitting there and I had, I had a couple more bites after I bent my hook and just left. And I came back on... Saturday morning, and I started in the back little cut. Started fishing some trees, and nothing, nothing, nothing. Caught a dogfish. So I worked my way back out to the underwater tree, and I sat there, not a single hit. And I mean, I had <laughs> it talk about kind of a um nerve-wracking thing. I had Jay Wallen at the ramp with me, and I was like, if he found my spot, I'm I'm screwed. So, <laughs> but it was you know, it was a little bit nerve-wracking. And he kind of went over top of my spot, and I dropped my power pole on it, and sat there for you know 20 30 minutes and didn't get a hit at all and i was like well i'm, I'm heading where my other spot was at and that day i didn't find my actual school of fish that i found on on that spot on friday until one o'clock so i only had an hour to upgrade my limit and i went from i think i was i think i had three fish when i found my spot i uh i called i think 15 times in that hour so on wow. day one and then I came back to that spot on day two at about I'd say ten o'clock, maybe ten thirty, and upgraded my limit to a limit of sixteens and went around the the little patch that I was fishing and caught three big ones with a 17 and a half on the end of it and could get another bite.
1: what's I know it's gotta feel good anytime Jody Queen tells you congratulations. He had a he had a good tournament too, just you know, one top three. But I mean he's the man just like you know, he's He's in the conversation for some of the best anglers in the country, so uh, yeah, that that has got to feel good to to do better than somebody who's yeah, so good. Yeah. So, Russell, how about you, man? T- tell us about your day one and two.
4: Uh, oops. yeah, get up there like Wednesday afternoon, even had a few hours to pre fish and. To uh, be honest, I went back to an area that I did well in the, the KBF se- uh, Trail Series Championship in October. Uh, even though it was you know, completely different conditions, opposite conditions, really. That tournament was post-frontal after a big cold front, big rain, everything was flooded. And, uh, but I figured I'd still go back there and just kind of check it. And I know big fish kind of live in that area, and they, uh, it's an area they they don't really have to leave. Uh so, yeah, my, my first fish when I got there actually was a 21-incher, which for, for that place was a, a monster. Uh, and uh, I just decided to, you know, committed at that point. I knew the big fish was, were there, so I just uh, continued to fish the area and just tried to, you know, figure them out with, you know, depending on what the weather is doing, you know, how they were positioning, where they were moving, and just spent those two days pre-fishing, kind of dialing it in. In those days, it did really good too, and uh, uh, we had different weather though. Pre-fishing, we had a lot of overcast. We had, you know, Thursday I think it was storming most of the day, and they, they seemed to be really active. And Friday was was post-frontal, but there was a lot of wind blowing. Uh, and they were actually, you know, on Friday I got so many fish. I was there were so what it is it's an area basically with a bunch of weed flats and there's some ditches and and you know, deeper water, uh, throughout the flats that create these, you know, hard edges more or less, uh, on these wheat flats. And at times they'd be positioned on the outside edges of the grass. And that was actually the easiest way to catch them when they were there. Uh, cause it was just, you just fall outside edge and just keep moving you'll run into them. But, uh, certain times of the day, you know, during a tournament in the morning, I get them on those outside edges and around eight o'clock or so that bite would start dying and and, you know they'd start moving up onto the flats uh and there the flats just had you know had eelgrass uh milfoil hydrilla and there was also a ton of duckweed that would move around in there like crazy it would shift depending on the wind uh but that duck you know that duckweed would create canopies uh, and when it got hot, they, they sit underneath all those canopies there. But the problem is, is it's like finding a needle in a haystack. I mean, there's so much water to cover yeah. and try to get a bite and they'd be concentrated in areas, but they also move, you know, See, I had one area that they were consistently there every day uh, on top of that weed flat, but uh, anyway, around eight or nine o'clock, I go punching, uh, those mats with like a one, one and a half ounce weight uh and that would last you know for like an hour or two and then around 10 11 o'clock like all of a sudden i they i figured they were still there i don't know where they moved to or what they went but i could not get them to bite i don't know i should have made some adjustments as far as lure selection and i don't know like pre-fishing it was wind. you know that day it was windy on friday it was they were up on those flats but there were uh, I found a pattern where they were on isolated, if you found out isolated patches of the duckweed, whereas maybe, you know, 20 by 20 around that size, there was areas where it was like hundreds of yards of just all duckweed. Uh, but the isolated patches on a little bit of the deeper stuff, I can go to the windblown side of every isolated patch. and I was punching big ones, but During the tournament, you know, the wind wasn't blowing. And and when it got calm and slick in the afternoon, I I could not figure them out. But luckily, each day, you know, I I got enough uh, that morning and mid-morning bite to, yeah, to to get enough to secure the win there.
1: And you, you were flipping during a trail series championship too, right? Yeah,
4: yeah. I was flipping there, mostly just working the outside edges and working wood. And they weren't on the wood at all in that area. I didn't get one bite on a piece of wood. Uh, any of the four and a half days i was out there uh so it was a little bit different they I'd, i could fish a little faster stuff and they, they weren't up on the flats at all in the trail series championship they were on the edges and in this one they they'd move around a lot more but luckily i had hmm. enough time i said pre-fishing to kind of figure a few things out uh, yeah
0: that's awesome It kind of kind of you know works. you hear a lot of people say don't fish history but I guess sometimes it works. You sometimes. just have to adjust it a little bit. It's
4: it's rare. That's I was really shocked. I had no expectations, and especially being summertime in the area, like I said, doesn't have a lot of doesn't have any current really at all. Uh, I was a little yeah. I was shocked to see him to see it, you know, play out the same way. I was focusing, you know, I was really thinking it, it'd be something main River on the current um, summertime, you know, typical river deal. So it was it was a little. Shocking, but it, it, like I said, they got everything they need there, so uh, they live in that area and they probably, you know, don't really have to move much.
2: it's always nice when you find
0: one of those like <laughs> huge, habitats,
4: yeah, yeah. they a huge bluegill population there, both when I was there last year and this year. Uh, just tons and tons and tons of bluegill. And that's and the average size bass, I didn't catch a lot of bass each day. I hear some of these guys catching 30, 40, 50 fish, I probably caught. You know 10 to 12 fish a day um they're just better all largemouth they're better in average size And caught a ton of pike though oh my god i caught two yeah. probably twice as many pike as i did bass And uh, i went through well over a hundred dollars worth of tungsten weights and that's that's just the way in it i had the punch skirts mm. and the hooks i went through a lot of tackle
1: wow
4: it was damn pike it
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was an expensive now, trip how about you, man? What what were you throwing?
3: Uh I was actually throwing a King Daddy Spro uh on a on a swim bait rod. Um basically what I had found since the, since it was so hot and in the water before I got up there the water was I think 85 to 87 degrees in some spots. And to me, I knew that I had to find cold springs because in the river there's some, there's some spots you can find some really good cold springs. No. and uh the one the, where i went and where i actually fished on all day sunday and half the day on saturday the i found three separate cold springs and one of them i i had a good cluster of fish on it on saturday but they weren't anything that was going to help me at all but then the last spot that i found was uh where i ended up fishing all day on sunday um it was probably the size of i don't know maybe a 20 by 30 foot uh scum patch. And it wasn't it wasn't really anything that would make someone think that they're gonna be sitting under there, but th- what made me realize they were sitting there was I was watching just boils underneath the scum and then they all sudden see one surface. And I just went over there with the frog and uh fished the heck out of it. I I, I used a black leopard um sparrow frog just a normal small one and then I used a, a white and blue King Daddy one.
1: And you're throwing
3: that on braid, huh?
0: Oh yeah. I throw it on sixty five pound braid. Yeah. Yeah. No
1: yeah. If anybody yeah. has any questions, please feel free to ask. Well, if you can get any knowledge out of these guys, or even if you were fishing the event and, and that's why you're watching it, I, I know if somebody ever if I'm in an event and somebody goes on a podcast, I know I'm listening to it because I want to find out what happened and Especially with the no, bass, that—that's a question. Are all three you going to fish the bass event coming up up there?
5: I'm planning to. I'm hoping to coming up the one coming up in August. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I'm, I'm planning on fishing. That one, I'm trying to.
0: Sacks right? You kind of you got to now, right? man. Second yeah. place.
5: Yeah. Sure, I'm sorry, yeah, third. Third, you I got gotta, third,
0: Yeah, you got to take the win now.
5: Yeah, I got to try. Got to keep
1: going. That's right. <laughs> As well, and Alex, <laughs> He's you got to help us up. What'd you say? And, and you're not too far from there in, in Iowa. Are you can to go back?
3: Yeah, I'll be back up there. I actually have, with that BASS tournament, if I fish that one, I have uh, three tournaments definitely coming up. We have a, uh all-frog tournament coming up uh, next weekend. They're not the one that's coming, but the uh, weekend <laughs> after that. But uh, And then two weeks after that, or maybe a week after that, we have the uh, 10K Invitational for Cabela's. And then I think the week after that is the uh BASS. 10K and how's
4: that 10K in, invitational work?
3: So basically it's 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 considered an open, but they call it the invitational. It's it's, it's bass boat only. Um bass boat tournament. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If you get first yeah, place, sorry, you get 10 Russ. grand. <laughs>
4: I still got my boat. I mean like, uh 10
3: grand
1: what? 10, 10 grand who? Yeah. Yeah, you haven't yeah, sold you can that show so, yet.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I haven't sold it yet. I'll, I'll be out and uh, I'll be doing the Hobie event out in California. I think they're uh, scheduled the same weekend. So uh, mm-hmm. that'll, yeah, I'll be out in California that weekend. <laughs> yeah, you, your
1: money's paid, yeah. Alex.
3: <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're hoping to get up there and uh, hopefully they'll still be there. I'm I, I have a, Funny feeling they'll still be there if it stays as warm as it is, and this cold spring stay the way they need to be. But yeah, I know yeah, I'm the, hoping water, if I can the water was
4: quite a bit lower than it. you're. I know you guys are from the area of fish out there, but the water was that pretty low compared to what's normal? Um, well, me, honestly, i
5: have go never ahead, Zach. Mississippi, I <laughs> that was my first time ever fishing it, so I, I really don't know the water levels there. But from right here in central Wisconsin, they've been pretty normal. But yeah for me I, I really don't know that was my first my first time and
3: you know it was so I, i'm not sure <laughs> seeing for me i've always i've always lived by the saying of when they're when the water's low they they lock you on the river and i really and i mean for this weekend it was pretty impressive for all of us that were catching you know hundreds of fish and for your limits and my limit it's just it was nuts but yeah i'd say the water was a little bit low And there were some spots that I am used to fishing that I can get way back in there, but I couldn't even get to them.
4: Really? Mm -hmm. Is it just tougher because of like the low low flows, like less current and stuff like that? You think? Well, see, I'm
3: I'm a big I'm a big I like fishing dead water. I really do. I don't. I'm not a big I'm not a big current guy. And you know, I never really spent much time fishing in the current. I like I like targeting big largemouth that are sitting back tight in the weeds. And for me, it was. They, usually what happens on the Mystic River is they'll they'll go to the backs of the cuts when the water's high. And when the water's low, they'll usually come out to the opening of the cuts. And this time it was they're sitting in random spots and you'd find a big cluster of them wherever you can try to find that's,
4: them. Yeah, it's like the area I was at sounds really similar. I say it was out of the current and there was a lot of fish there. And I was surprised really for the conditions. It is was, was really surprised that they were they were there in those type of conditions. Yeah, yeah I'll, no, I'll, were I'll you were fishing, sure could you right, see right. the main river? I was off the uh, off just off the main river, an area that uh, it'll get current. Last year when I was there in October, there was just a little bit of current, but the river it was like it was way up. It was like flood level conditions. So yeah, there's sure. a little bit of current then, but this year there there was none except for the little bit of wind current. If the wind.
3: See, where I was sitting, I could look basically to my right and see the main river. I could see the Wisconsin side buoys or you know and stuff like that, but. Gotcha. Yeah, it was it was nice and steady in some spots, but I'm glad that current wasn't ripping this year.
5: See, I fish rivers, does. and I've always noticed, for me, the bite always seems to be a little bit better when the water is slightly rising. And mm-hmm. But, I mean, oh, yeah. my whole game plan of fishing the rivers like I have, you know, I look for eddies, I look for rocks, I look for weed lines. Fishing the Mississippi, mm-hmm. where I found these fish was so unexpected, it was just a random tree. It was like Jody Quinn said, a magic tree. And I was just, everything changed and in there, and it was just a sand flat off the main channel. I was fishing on the main channel, just a big flat off of it. And there was just one tree and it just held a crazy amount of fish. It was fish by almost every cast, but it shut off. After it shut off, it shut off. There was no more. I was- Do you think they were still in the tree and
4: and wouldn't bite? Or do you think that they they left and went somewhere relocated? Uh,
5: i don't know i i moved too i I tried to go into deeper waters and even in into the weeds the shallows i couldn't find them again i i don't know if they just stopped biting or what happened but i noticed with the tree too i started in the on the shallower part of the tree the the fish were smaller they seemed to get bigger and bigger the further into the deeper water yeah where i was fishing that tree the deeper the water i went the bigger the fish but there was a bunch of 16s and 15s and you know, after eleven o'clock, I could not upgrade that fifteen-inch fish, which would have helped a lot. But I just couldn't get that last upgrade, and it was just. But it's completely different Dude. river fishing than what I was than what I'm used to right here on the Wisconsin River. What I which I fish a lot, but how,
1: how big yeah. was this tree?
5: It was pretty big. Sounds <laughs> it was like a good. big tree. Yeah, it came off. You know, I don't know. It just it was huge. It was a big tree. I, I a lot got of to magic trees. Yeah. What That's was
0: your go-to tactic?
5: Um, I was at first throwing the wacky rig in there and then I went with the Texas. I I was able to get the Texas rig a little bit deeper into the stumps and cover and find some bigger ones out there and they hit, they hit, they just came up and smashed it. So it was a
3: good time for sure. It's great fishery. Awesome. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just $15 a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
0: I need to find me a magic tree down here somewhere.
1: Yeah, that's my, I don't know
0: if I've ever found a magic tree like that. I'll find I'll a tree call. that'll hold a couple of fish. I've never found one that holds 30. I've never found that
1: a $2,000 like, tree. Is that what it was?
5: Uh, 1, 1,500,
0: 1, Wow. Uh, well, you know that that tree got a like saved waypoint right there, like money and, symbol and, in it.
5: Yeah, uh, I'll probably be trying to go back to same same tactic now uh, if I if I'm able to make it to the bass tournament.
1: With with the wacky rig and the Texas rig, is there a certain bait you like more than anything, especially on that Texas rig?
5: I think the te- Texas. I think of the. Texas was just a little more versatile, able to get down a little bit deeper. I mean, I was fishing in four to six feet of water, but the current was, it was like halfway on the tree. Some of the tree had some faster current and some of it was slower and the wacky rig just wasn't getting as deep as I would like. So I just put on the uh, Texas rig, just get down there.
1: Was that a beaver or creature bait or like a a worm? Just a big worm, big worm. worm. Like ribbon tail or something like
5: that. Yeah, just a big worm. I think it was up six inch, ten inch. There you go. Yeah.
1: Worm punching and mega danicron.
4: Actually crawler. that second day, I actually made a little bit. I kept I was kind of scrambling to try to figure them out. And the only bites that I did get were on were on a big ten inch worm fishing those outside grass on. They didn't help me any. There's a couple little ones, but uh it seems in the heat of the summer when it's you know calm and still and you know, big worm. What I wish I had, which one of the competitors said that they were using, was a uh, with a, a speed worm with a little eighth ounce weight. Uh, I was thinking during the tournament, I'm like, man, I wish I had some speed worms right now. Just kind of felt right for it. It was interesting to hear one of the anglers said he, he caught like 50 fish or something. I, man, that swimming it through the grass.
0: The speed worm does not leave my side. It stays in the boat at all times. Man, that's a good, should, that's a good I, lure to keep.
1: I really don't throw one unless I'm in Florida. Like. But I, I guess, like, you know, the duck, you were saying, like, duckweed, you know, I, I guess it kind of, it goes with that. I don't know.
4: Yeah. When there's so much water, like, I wanted to fish those outside edges, but I couldn't, you know, I needed to fish, you know, cover a little bit of water to find them, too. That's yeah. the thing. It's something you can, a finesse presentation where you can still... You know, you're you're kind of you swimming it. And you can, swim it. Yeah, and you still get the you know when it's really calm and still, but yeah, and you want to You know, you got to fish more finesse, but you know, you, you got to move a little bit. It's kind of the perfect combo of the two of those, I think.
0: You know, you can. A, a guy showed me uh, throwing it weightless and buzzing it across the top was yeah. another. It's like a long, John fast Cox top topwater that was cool.
4: Yeah, John Cox does that a lot. My buddy was just telling me about that.
3: Uh, we saw a video with him doing
4: that.
0: Hmm. In
3: uh in college fishing we used to take a uh, quarter ounce swim jig and take a uh, horny toad trailer just a normal buzzing toad and put it on the back of it during like a good feeding frenzy and throw it on top of like a big thick pad and run it across the top and when you get to the edge just let it fall as soon as it falls you get smoked
1: that's oh, yeah. a, that, that that's a big one down here on a lot, a lot of people don't know about that that's it's funny that some would work up you know that that's a thing up there as well as down here, you know.
4: I've heard of doing it with, like, a light, like, belly-weighted hook or, like, a, a light, like, Texas rig. But you could do it, like, on a, on a swim jig, too, like that, huh?
3: Yeah, just a quarter-ounce jig, and you get a really thick mat where nothing will fall through. And you just kind of throw it out really quick, like a sidearm cast, almost like you're trying to skip it. So it lands on top, and then just pull it back across as fast as you can. As soon as it the edge, let it fall. You
4: need a swim. Dig with a, a pretty good size hook, then too. I'm guessing you can't have a no. Hook.
3: You you bite the head off that horny toad and yeah. just go through the center of the body and come out basically right, basically at the crotch of the frog. Gotcha. That, it's
1: it's something Russ yeah. Dana put it, he had put it on his Facebook page probably like a year ago. And it was like you know like he was giving some juice. And I, I started
3: trying that after yeah, that. It works. It's it's fun. It's pretty exhilarating when you get a big one to hit you.
4: You guys ever fish the, it's kind of similar to like the, I use a super speed, the zoom, not the ultra vibe speed craw, but the super speed craw. It's kind of like a bigger pretty, one. It's got a lot bigger, yeah, bigger yeah. flat. So I use that one a lot. It's kind of similar, I guess.
0: Yeah. I've got some of those right now and I can't talk myself into putting down the ultra vibe speed craw to give it, a, give it a try. Oh, that's a good thing. The ultra yeah, vibe. Yeah, the, ultra the speed crawl has been craw. working, man.
4: The super speed craws when I was fishing on on a swim jig in uh, Texas Lake Fork that Bassmaster. I was throwing a white one with that with that trailer. Moves a lot. Moves a lot of water for sure.
1: I, a lot of times it a for me, player. I it's, like I love to throw a swim jig, and that Rage Menace is so beautiful That's, on the back of it. It's oh, yeah. it's so hard to swap that out because it just gets so many bites.
3: That's like yeah, I throw, I've, I've got one. a box full of Menaces.
1: Yeah, that. I mean, more, I,
4: that's it. about it. That's for sure. I remember even a few years ago, still, you know, people knew about it, but now it's like cats out of the bag on that bait. It's it's such yeah. a good yeah.
1: bait. It's it, so mean, many other
4: things that are close to it too. Like it's very similar to like that Z-craw or the other other baits. But for some reason, there's something about just that menace that just really, man, they really like that action on that thing.
1: And it's super versatile. You can throw it on a chatter bait, or I mean, you can flip with it. You can do a lot of different things. It's that's that's a good one.
4: Yeah, that was one of the baits I was I was flipping. I was mixing it up between that, uh the I was putting that more for when I was like punching with the one ounce, just a small compact. It would get through the mats really easy. Yeah. On the outside I was using a yeah, uh, not kinky beaver, spicy beaver. I uh with uh, like yeah. a half ounce and that really slowed it down. It's kinda like the menace, but just like a slower kind of It's you know it's more like but, a like a yeah. wave. Yeah. yeah.
0: I've got to get more versed in my punching baits because I, I only do it when it's – I have a place up here that mats up in the winter, and it's spring-fed, so the water's warmer, and that's, like, the only place I ever do any, like, heavy cover punching, so I don't really
4: – Beaver or, you know, D-bombs are good, but, yeah, you can't go wrong with, like, either a beaver and the, the menace are probably my two go-tos for that. Yeah, Just, you yeah know, I, I always pitch like, like –
1: yeah, something with like less appendages usually. So it yeah, I get, you don't want to use uh, something like a brush
4: hog or, or something like that. You don't want to mess with. It. You want something compact and sli- you know that's going to slide. Yeah, I go with the
3: beaver. Yeah, right.
1: And what 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 were you saying, Alex?
3: I was saying I I run a lot of the, uh, um, havoc pit balls. Oh yeah. Um, just because I can, you can literally send it anywhere and it'll load, it'll float right in or you, I mean, punching a lot of the times I, like you said, a beaver, cause there's not, I mean, it's sleek, it's slender. It'll go right through, but that, that havoc pit boss is hard to beat sometimes.
1: And that that's kind of another big thing while we're talking about tackle is if, have y'all seen anything from the virtual ICAST this year? That's kinda, I mean, I know all y'all have been busy rush. You've been on the road and y'all too. Y'all been fishing all weekend. But today I mean I, I work on my computer so I, I get to see you know look sometimes see some cool stuff come out now, have y'all seen any have y'all seen anything that kind of caught your eye
3: uh honestly no I haven't even looked I mean I personally I don't I mean I don't really have a whole lot of time to <laughs> mess around looking at stuff like that I guess but I am um, but I haven't seen hardly anything that's coming out yeah I haven't either
0: it's one good one. Go ahead, Russ.
4: Oh, I see. yeah, no, I've been been busy as well. I'm, I'm always, there. you know, they always come out with some cool stuff at the uh, the iCast. Man, yeah, that a little be a little different this year, but I'm sure uh, still going to be some great products being released. They've been
1: busy winning money. They they have they don't have time for that, man.
0: <laughs> new stuff's going to come out. They're going to use what they've been using. They're still going to win money.
4: Here,
1: I'll I'll Pretty say much. a couple. I saw that first that since we were talking about flipping baits, that uh the Big Bite BFE. That one looks pretty good. Like it's, it's got, it's more a a BFE. B, BFE. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's, I don't know what it stands for, but it's kind of like a tube flip bait, but it's, I mean, it's full, by you know, it's, it's full, it's solid, but uh, that's a great looking bait. The um, Z-Mans came out with a cross size and, and I know that they had said they were coming out with the stealth chatter bait, but they came out with one called the cross eyes chatter bait. It's going to have a couple of weed guards, and it's going to be like a heavy cover chatterbait. Like I was oh, more excited about
4: that than I, I was. Picasso, I've never tried it, but I know Picasso has that one with the weed guard. But that, there's got to be—I was, you know—that's a good thing to, uh, you know, get some more more of those on the market. I think I've never tried the that one, but it's uh, chatterbait's a great bait, but it, you definitely have a hard time fishing it around wood. It would be nice to have something that would just roll right over those those big laydowns and stuff, that's yeah. for sure.
1: I guess that'll be a one, but they came out. Yeah, with a definitely because
0: that's that's where yeah. I'm throwing it. Yeah. Yeah, but that they came one, out with a just one. because chatter bands.
4: Cool.
0: Some because we're talking about the virtual cast thing, the, the one thing I saw mm-hmm. that stuck out is and I can't remember the name of the company, they're making a new version of like a wacky rig band that you'll have to have their tool yeah, for, but it's DMC. It's got yeah. kind of like pilot hold you can change it from Nico rig to wacky and
4: Really?
0: Yeah, and so it's, oh, yeah, it's
4: it's it's an instead of going through bay, it's kind of like parallel with it. That's yeah, it's it's
1: a, yep. A hole on top where you so you wacky rig it, put the O ring on, yeah. and then the hook goes the opposite direction through another hole. It it looks cool.
4: Yeah, I can imagine. That's cool.
1: And then the the other one I saw was the Strike King Hybrid Hunter. I know Castle Dan's been trying to come out with that for a while, but that's going to be like a it's it's almost like a like a lipless it's supposed to come through a grass really well and you're supposed to be able to do it sh- like fish it really shallow, like in one or two feet you can run a crankbait. So that's kind of cool. So we'll see.
6: Cool.
1: Yeah. Sorry right, guys. We don't want to keep y'all for too long. Uh, we'll, we'll give you a chance here. We'll start with you, Alex. Uh, congratulations on everybody. How you did. Thank you for being on show. Is there anybody you'd like to thank?
3: Uh, I'd like to thank my uh, my wife, first off, for letting me go. Amen. And uh, also my boss. My boss, I, I just started a new job four months ago, and she basically told me to just take it off and go. I was like, sweet. And I'd like to thank my mom and dad for uh, sending me a bunch of text messages and telling me, keep going, you know, keep it up there, watching the leaderboard all day. Um, and then my two best friends, Alan Hermson and TJ Duffy, they were texting me left and right saying, keep it up. And they had a conversation with my wife for the last, like, two and a half hours watching the leaderboard. So they were having a good time.
1: All right, cool. Zach, how about you, man?
5: Um, You know, I like to thank my mom. She really is involved in this. She, she was showing a lot of support during the during this last weekend. Uh, my, my girlfriend and my kids definitely, you know, there's a lot of su- motivational support for all this. And uh, yeah, I don't know, it's real good to be here, I can tell you that much. Feels <laughs> yeah. good.
1: Yeah, I, I like that ceiling you got going in the background. You got fish on the wall. I, I like your ceiling.
5: I like my little man cave area down here. Yeah,
1: I like what you got going on, man. Yeah, and man. I, and Russ, but before we and I had a question. You and Jimmy, y'all were both affected because you were on the Hook One team. I I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, it's you know that's a company that's been around for a long time and that supported a lot of anglers and been so big in the industry. There, did you have any feelings on that?
4: Oh yeah, I mean it was it's really sad to hear the news and quite a surprise, really. I mean the you know the shop was doing really well. I had like a record-breaking year for sales, and yeah. uh, uh, you know the owners though, with everything going down, and I know they were they were getting up there in age and stuff like that. So I don't I don't know the, the whole story, but I understand with with everything going down, you know people have you know maybe want to simplify their life and kind of you know, not make things as complicated or have things to worry about. So, yeah, they like said they decided to, uh, to sell, not sell the business, but, but shut it down and make maybe reinvest in something else. I, I don't know the whole story, but it's it's sad to, to see it happen. Uh, you know, I've met a lot of friends through Hook One, and they've done a lot for the, to, for the kayaks community, uh, especially, you know, our, our local clubs in Tennessee. Uh, they really went above and beyond just to for sponsor prizes, and they, they were just, you know, involved in so many ways uh, so it's, it's a bummer to, to see that happen, but, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the time I, I've had there and, uh, grateful for all the, all the help and support that they've given me over the years. Uh, and, you know, it's, uh, I've had some, some lasting friendships, you know, through, through that and, uh, which, you know, will continue. I'm sure even, even though the shop is, is now closed, but, um, but yeah, you know, I you know, like to just thank them, for, for, for all that they've done. And also like to thank my, uh, my other sponsors, uh, Irod fishing and Dakota lithium batteries. And I you know, also like to, to thank my parents too. It's, uh, you know, living on the opposite side of the country, I only get to see them maybe, you know, once, maybe twice a year, usually once a year, if I'm lucky. So I'm excited to spend some time with the family and stuff like that coming up in a couple of weeks. And they've always been there to, to really support me and, um, and, uh, yeah, I've been, you know, really awesome, loving parents and, and yeah, grateful for it. <laughs> so and uh yeah, I also think like to thank uh you know, AJ uh, and the rest of the, the Hobie BOS staff for uh just doing a, just such a class act, those guys, and they're always just on top of everything and uh it's uh yeah, it's just a really well run tournament for those of you who are you know, who haven't done a Hobie tournament or think about giving in uh getting into to tournament fishing, I uh, you know, I highly suggest Uh, given the Hobie BOS tournaments a try. It's a, it's a great group of people, great community and uh, everybody, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great time out there. So,
1: and that's it. Y'all weren't able to meet before or after, right?
4: Uh, Just the top 10, what they, yeah, we had the the meeting, everything's online. uh, But the, uh, you know, the, ceremony they just take the, the people who are going to get the checks and stuff like that and we, you know they have that little live video and stuff like that uh that they did so uh, but hopefully you know uh you know b- before all this crazy stuff went down you know they uh fed you and uh had a you yeah know, really went good food they get different you know uh, randy howell and like ike canelli you know would come to to support and, and talk to all the anglers and uh, just doing the little things like that just, uh, really makes a big difference. And, uh, like I said, they, they've really got it down.
1: Yep. Cool. Well, thank you guys. And we don't want to take up too much of your time. But hopefully we'll see y'all again. And Alex and Zach, good, good luck. One of you fish up there for the BASS event. And hopefully you, you do great again. We can have y'all back on and Russ, I'm excited to see some pictures from Cordeland. Okay, All right. Yeah. And, and, and good luck on the lax, man.
4: Thank you. It's good All to right. yeah, thanks for
5: having
1: us on. But All right. Lost you there for a minute. So what man, I know you're yep. saying about going too, what cuz you were on their team and and that's, you know, a company that you've been with for a while and a great a great shop. It's sad to see it go.
0: Oh yeah, it was you know Well, I would say probably one of the best outfitters there is in the country, you know, obviously in our area because it's the biggest one. But, you know, I I came in to Russ talking about it. And like you said, you know, the the friendships that you make through there and people you get to meet and the staff there, you know, they're phenomenal. And, you know, everybody needs to keep them, keep them in mind because it hit everybody real sudden. So, you know, people are going to be out of work. Um, but that's something to say about them too, is they've been still just slaving away. Uh, I know the first day that they announced the closing sale, they were there until midnight that night, cashing people out. They had, you know, probably if I had to guess hundreds of people come through, I, I saw videos and pictures of the lines and, you know, they had two employees and, uh, they had a, you know, basically called in a guy that used to work for them to come back to help. But, uh, you know, it sucks that they're gone, but it, uh, one door closes with opportunity, another one opens. So maybe something will come out of it for me. And I know something will come out of it for the other guys. I mean, yeah. the Hook One team was full of big names. So, Russ, you know, Craig.
1: yeah, I mean, there's tons of good people. Yeah, Adam, I mean, yep.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but something to be said about that too. You know, it wasn't, I, I know, I know some of the details to why it closed. Um, uh, you know, I can, I won't say anything about why, but you know, uh, COVID was not an issue, but it lets you know, uh, some, a business that does good all the time that can go down lets you really think about the smaller businesses and smaller tackle shops and kayak stores and all these places. And, uh, like our board director did a video the other day, you know, keep these companies, you know, in your thoughts, don't just jump to online sales. If you don't, if you can, you know, if these shops are open and they're, trying to keep their doors open, you know, you know, you may spend that little extra money or time, but run over there, say, Hey, get what you can from them, help those companies out. Or we're going to see more of our, you know, the stores that are involved in our sports start to disappear through this. Cause it's, it's looking like it's going to just stay like this for a little while. So they're going to need everybody's help. So just keep that in mind, you know, tackle warehouse is great, but you know, the guy down the street running the, you know, 700 square foot, kayak store need your help too so
1: just trying to struggle and make it and tough times so definitely support your local your local shops and you know it hook one going out leaves a giant void in that mid kind of where i live central alabama to all the way through tennessee into georgia and then you've got a couple of them big shops like westbrook and dugout i mean those are two great shops that
0: my and- my theory is you're either gonna see somebody buy and or create something, either you know buy hook one, keep it going, create something new to fill that void there, or you're gonna see. Oh, see what? You're gonna. I said you're either gonna see something new come fill the void. or You're gonna see some of the other outfitters kind of step up, and this will be their chance for expansion
1: a uh, lot, lot of opportunity and a lot of, a lot of opportunity here in Alabama. We have uh, some small stores, some great stores, but I mean, we don't, we definitely don't have that big shop, that dugout, that hook one, you know, the, the headwaters, the, you know, Mariner sales, fuzzy guppies, one of those great shops that, that bring the culture into an area. So, yeah, that definitely. North, a,
0: you know, North, North Alabama is a great place that we could yeah. have that because just like with Hook One being in Tennessee, we all still went there anyway. I think it would be the exact opposite. But with the, how kayak fishing is in Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee, I don't think it really yeah. matters where that is. It's going to do good. So we'll yeah. see. For sure. You never well, know. I may throw my hat into the game and start it my would- own out for do it. I'll run your team. Do it. I'm
1: ready. <laughs> yeah, you do the business. I'll run your team. Let's do it. I'm ready. All you I'm money, ready. You be the face. is that how that is? I'll give you everything in my wallet. Let's do it. But uh, but yeah, we had a bunch of other tournaments besides that one. We had um, we'll go through go through these here. And obviously, I'm going to mispronounce a bunch of names. Jimmy will give everybody five dollars who uh screw up. Uh, first, yeah, and this was thrift. cool. <laughs> this was cool. Wild West Bass Trail on Lake Mc- McClure, seventy-one anglers. This one's out in the West Coast. So, the top three all tied, all had seventy-six inches. The first, one, cool. yeah, Alden Alden Walden, he won by a quarter of an ounce, and then second and third place tied their second fish, and it went down to their third fish. And uh, Scott Savako won with 76 inches and John Myers also with 76 inches. So they all tied, but that's a,
0: it's that cool because everybody knows how most of the tie rules work in kayak fishing. You never yeah. see it get used more than the first fish. Yeah. So that's, go, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. They go down to third and that's a hundred dollar entry fee. I mean, that's that, that's a big tournament that's, and a lot of money to, to tie. Yeah. I don't want I don't a quarter,
0: quarter of an inch for a heck of a difference in a check. Probably. Yeah, Exactly. So
1: then we had a NYKBF on Soda Spay up in New York, uh, 64 anglers, three fish limit, Craig Pitts in first with 52 and a quarter, Forrest uh, Buchan with 51 and three quarter, and Nary Wren with 51 inches. Uh, Then Buckeye Kayak Bass Fishing Trail on Clear Fork Reservoir, 59 anglers, three fish limit. And like always, we do tournaments that we're 30 people or more. It's not that we're leaving out your club. If you only had 25, we can only fit. We can only talk about so many clubs every week. But uh, Tim Crabtree in first with 56 and a half. AA, well, it's uh, AA Ron. Uh, Aaron Stahlbaum with 53 and three quarter. And Eric Monaco with 51 inches. Next, Mid-Atlantic kayak bass fishing. Uh, Lake Seneca, Little Seneca Lake, three fish limit. Steven Sisto with 59. Joshua Evans with 59 and a half. And another AA Ron, uh, Aaron Fetterman with 52 and a half. is good day to be an Aaron. Uh KDF Tennessee on Old Hickory Lake, 32 anglers. First up was Matthew Case with 83 and a half. Will M- Miller in second with 80 and three quarter. And Adam Chivong with 80 and a quarter. And then you had the Michigan, Ohio, Kayak Anglers on Kent Lake, 30 anglers. Uh, first up, uh, Stephen Galloway, 90 inches, and he won by four inches. That's that's big, big field there. Uh, Cody Salzman with 86 inches, and Jason Hang with 84 and a half. Then we had kayak anglers in Missouri, 41 anglers on Truman Lake. James Harding in first with 84 and a quarter. Jeff Hook with 83. Jacob Nunn with 79 and three quarter. Next up, natural state kayak anglers. Love that name. Probably my favorite in the whole country. Lake Darnell, 31 anglers. Garrett Morgan in first with 90 and a half. Second place with 79 inches. So over 10 inch win. Uh, difference there gordon parham 79, 79 inches and david bird in third with 78 and three quarter then southeast texas kayak bass league and they have tournaments all the time i swear they are like they probably have more tournaments than any club in the country the 68 anglers on lake somerville first was morgan Car- carnitas with 80 and three quarter jr McCabe with 82 and a half and mark chills with 80 and a half and then the kbs west region event on lower otay uh 51 anglers johnny baynard with 89 and three quarter mark chrisman with 79 inches and steve buchner with uh, 86 and a quarter so congratulations everybody who did well and yeah congratulations to our three gentlemen that were came on the show as always we're happy to have people and talk about fishing it was good
0: so what do you got next? I know real quick you got an event coming up next week, right?
1: Yeah, one this Saturday. I, my wife had to go to town this weekend, so I didn't get to practice. But it's it's just a little deal. It's a throwdown from like it's it's only like a little pay lake. It's it's going to
0: suck. Let's be honest. It's like you got to hit it though, man. You got to you got to get out ahead of them a little bit with your Aoi. You're still leading it, right? Yeah, barely.
1: It's a two fish limit. So it's, it's only till two o'clock. And the is going to be so terrible is probably why they did two fish limit. I've never been there. I'm just going there with a, neat, a Ned rig and just going to let it fly and just see what happens. I don't know, man. I like I've looked at it on the maps. I've done everything I could. Uh, but actually, Greg Nosar is coming from the KBBT. He's coming through this weekend. I think on Thursday, I'm going to take a half day. And uh, me and my friend Jeremy are going to take him to Lake X and kind uh, of see what's up. See if we can go catch a big.
0: Yeah, I need to. I still need to catch up with you and go there. Yeah, anybody's
1: welcome to come as long as you're from out of state. Uh, I mean, I'll take <laughs> you. We're, we're boys, but I'm not taking anybody else there because that place is legit. But uh, yeah, ma'am, what, what do you have going on?
0: Uh, not much. Uh, I may hit Craig guy up and take him up on his offer to come out there. I can't even remember where he was saying we would go, but we've talked about it like twice since we had him on the podcast. So I may may swing out there just depends on work i got a whole bunch of work to catch up that i've been completely avoiding that's catching up really quick so
1: here's my boy right here jeremy baker he's the one who turned me on this place so i think only four people know about it so me and me and a guy i took because like you have to take another person just to launch and then uh jeremy and his friend. so it's a It's like a hidden, a hidden gem. I'll say that it's hidden. It's not right here. Like where I live, it's, it's a little bit of a drive, but it's a, it's a magical place. And I haven't even fished it. Like I really, last time I was there, I caught a couple of 19s and they're, they're really super ultra, really healthy fish. It's only largemouth, And so every fish is like at least a half pound more than what you'd usually think they are. So like, a 19 inch is like easily four pounds. You know, I mean they're stout fish and uh yeah, they look good. All the pictures you showed me, they look good. Yeah, I had one come off last time and I'm still learning this place. I haven't even fished it all. But we didn't get to fish here for very long because it's so far away and I'm paddling right now that uh a big one come off. Like I set the hook, he set the hook back and he just went. And he never even thought about it's. He wasn't going because he was afraid of me. He was going because he just wanted to go that way. Like he yeah, never He was going to <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't like he was fighting to get away from me. He was just, he just wanted to go that direction. That's how big it was. So I I really think there's some monsters in there. So I'm trying to excited.
0: come hit it with my style. Cause I mean, me and you fish completely different. So yeah. I'm bringing some big baits this time. So
1: we'll, we'll see. Get
0: the weight baits out. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, right now they're in like the deeper section. So I think it like, it they really deep. yeah, some parts are like the where they were the last time. It kind of a storm came through and they all ganged up on this one point. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty shallow. Like you could throw something up on that point because there's only a couple of feet, but they they were, you know, on both sides of it.
0: But, yeah, we'll I see. need to work on my deeper water game. Yeah, I'm ready to hold up
1: a trophy. I, 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 honestly, like uh, my boy, my other friend who went with me, uh, he held up a, he caught this big giant bluegill, like the biggest bluegill I've ever seen. Saw so, that. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, there's just some crazy bait. I don't think there's any. I don't mean to keep talking about, it, but I don't think there's any other bait in there. Like, I think, I mean, any other fish. I don't think there's any stripe or catfish. There's definitely carp but I don't know what other fish are in there. So it's just largemouth. And I think the bait's really big and the fish are super healthy. And I think, there some, I think there's some trophies in there. So
0: yeah, it, it make it definitely I like, like that around where I work. That's like all bluegill. Yeah. And as soon as I swapped up my tactic to like, mimicking that that's when i finally found out like is it my boss had told me he's like oh there's nothing but a little bitty fish in there i swapped up the color and the first fish was like three pounds i was like no they're in here
1: And see, that's i I really want like i've never been a swim bait guy like now i'm i really want to get like a the jackal gantrill or
0: a big bull actually i'll let you use it i've got one i don't use oh i wish i was like i I, I don't use it a lot but you're welcome to use it
1: are you coming down here
0: no, mm. okay. I mean, I'll be down there for work. I can drop it off, but I won't. It'll I'll be off I get down there fishing.
1: Well, well, we'll talk after us. But if you're <laughs> coming in my area, I will come and get it from you. all if, right If you're working down here, all right. All right. Well, I said, we'll we'll quit talking about my my honey hole. But uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Gonna swap from tournament fishing to Jimmy and Dan can't shut up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well we, we appreciate y'all thanks for listening as always and we'll see you next week monday at eight uh, and again if you ever want to talk about your club or you have any questions please ask during the show and, and get them ready because what we'll, we'll be happy to ask them what we're just having fun talking about fishing so so as always wear your PFDs and thank you
6: thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on paddle and fin. On Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC covers protect your investment. Catch products. Shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the paddle and fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jig Master's jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.